smuggling heroin with former generals of the South Vietnamese Army. Welcome to Running Unopposed. That's not what we're doing, but okay, sure. Yeah, no, listener, that's uh, that's not what's going on today, but I thought it would be a funny intro, so I did it. <laughs> All right, so uh, welcome back to another episode of uh, Running Unopposed. Because we've had quite a few long series, we're going to do another one-parter, this time covering a one-term congressman named Douglas Stringfellow. And Wait, in he, was a, with- he was American? Yes. His name is Douglas Stringfellow, and he was American. Yeah. That's the most British name of all time. I know, I know. Although there are a lot of people of English descent in this country, so it's not that weird. I forget about them, you know? Because every American is always like, oh, I'm, you know, so proud to be Irish because my great-great-great-grandfather was Irish and he was from County Kildare or whatever, you know? Like, you never hear anyone be like, I'm proud to be English-American. I guess, but I feel like a lot of the people who's who are of English descent have been here so long they don't really identify with England at all anymore. Yeah, that's true. It's not like Jews or Italians where they arrived like 120 years ago, so there's still some sort of, I guess, uh, sense of uh, their ancestry. Yeah, also like, you know, English culture is just American culture at this point. So, you know. Yes and no. No, I mean, culturally, we're basically the same as Britain, so, you know. Ooh, that one's going to piss someone off. I can feel it. <laughs> there are definitely certain differences. Yeah. I, I'll i be honest. Some of me is just saying that because I know it'll piss off any British listeners we have. Do we have any British listeners? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Uh, so in keeping with the theme of our, of our show, uh, Douglas Stringfellow has done some stuff that's uh, that's not great, but is probably the most moral man we've covered up to this point and probably will be... And it's probably going to remain that way for quite a while. Yes. Also, listener, I know we've only covered men on this podcast. We are eventually going to fix that. It's just that most of the the vast majority of horrible politicians are men. Because until recently, women weren't that involved in politics. Yeah. Until recently, there weren't women politicians. So there, part of it is that. And part of it is also that women politicians, just because there's fewer of them, the, they tend to be less insane. Yeah, just because there are fewer opportunities to cover, to cover one, there are just fewer yeah. opportunities for insane ones to rise. Yeah, don't worry though. We got a couple women on the list, so we'll get yeah. to them eventually. Yeah, yeah, and uh, including, uh, and we also have one. Uh, we're going to cover at some point a man who pretended to be a woman. Wait, we are who? Yes, are cover- I don't. I forget his name. Are we covering Donna Langham? No. Ah, tragic. No. Um. So, are you doing like an epic transphobia thing or what? No, it's not. It, it, he wasn't actually trans. He just pretend like he. I think he sort of lived as a woman, but he didn't. But I don't think he ever identified as a woman. If that makes I sense, know, I feel like if you live as a woman, that makes you transgender to me. But I think Wait, he did was this doing guy it, kill like, anyone? I don't know. I think he was doing it as he was doing it as part of some sort of plot, uh, larger uh, plot to deceive someone. I mean. I don't want to say trans icon because I don't know, but I'm going to say it. Trans icon. Okay. Whoever sure. that person was. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're in for some fun, but fair warning, the doozy that I'm going to drop won't come in until later. So you're going to have to bear with me for the first part. Yeah. 
Although this is going to be a pretty short episode, so it's not like the wait is going to be that long. This is going to be a seven-part series. Every episode is going to be three hours long. No, we, we're we, not. We've doing... actually we, we've done some sort of necromantic ritual to revive Douglas Stringfellow, and we're going to interview him about his entire life and then publish a book on it. I wish we could do that. That would be fun. God, I wish necromancy was real, bro. Think of how many politicians we could revive and force to do this podcast. <laughs> and I think we had Jim Trafficant on the podcast. Wait, hang on. I just got a brilliant idea for a podcast, for a spinoff podcast, where we get like famous comedians to come in and then pretend to be those politicians and we interview them. Oh, I thought you were going to say we hire someone to do a seance and then we try to summon the spirits of dead politicians. Hi, getting like some stupid like fake medium to try to pretend to be like Jim Trafficant or Oliver J. Flanagan or Larry McDonald or whatever would be a hilarious band. I can't lie. <laughs> Just like asking some medium who didn't That's graduate, new career, who never actually, went to, who never finished it. high school, like what what you know what does Jim Trafficant think about Bitcoin? <laughs> that would be a pretty good bet. I can't lie. I would enjoy that. I feel like Jim Trafkant would definitely like Bitcoin. Yeah, so um, the medium, I'm like, yo, your boy Jim Trafkant, he, he actually hates Bitcoin, and that's why you should pay me exclusively in cash. Like, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I can't do mediums. I don't know what mediums are like. I've never been to one. I'm a fraud. <laughs> Just like them. Don't call them frauds. Mediums? No, they're totally frauds. What are you talking about? No, they aren't. <laughs> Gabe, do I have to tell you that seances aren't real? Then who was the guy... Wait, was the guy I talked to not my grandpa? No. It was just some guy scamming you. I'm sorry. It makes sense. I don't think my... Uh... I don't think my grandpa would ever uh, possess a guy with a soul patch, so. Yeah. Uh, this is just like my hobby of telling Christian children that Santa wasn't real when I was a kid. That's really mean. I know. I was a really mean child. That's why I have a podcast now. Yeah, you still are mean. That's right. But now I'm mean in like an endearing, cute way. You've never been either of those things, but okay. I'm endearing and cute. I don't know what you're talking about. No. I'm absolutely both of those things. No, I'm endearing and cute. Listener, you can't see me, but I'm adorable right now. I'm the endearing and cute one of this podcast. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, we did only start this podcast so we could get you a girlfriend. That is not true. That is not true. (laughs) But hey, if you are uh, a woman who lives in the U.S. that is willing to relocate, uh... Email the podcast with uh, how nerdy you are on a scale of 1 to 10. And if it's above like a 6, I'll give you Gabe's phone number. Yeah. Do you like guys who are jacked and play football? Because too bad. You have to settle for a nerdy Jewish podcaster. (laughs) Yeah. Don't tell yourself short. You've also got a bit of Italian in you. I'm half Italian. Yeah. Yeah. I have as much Italian as I do uh, Jewish in me. So. Hey, I put, hey, I put uh, mozzarella on my bagel. Oh, I've never actually had lox and bagels. Just you've never had a bagel with lox. That's crazy. No, I don't. I'm not a seafood guy. That's crazy. Seafood's so good, bro. Yeah, 
I'm Jewish and Italian, and I don't like seafood. That's crazy. Italians do like the best seafood, too. Yeah, I kind of an anomaly. I'm Jewish and Italian, but I also can't grow a beard. That's hilarious, though. Yeah, it's very strange. And I (laughs) also, and my eyes also aren't brown. That's true. They're not. Yeah, they're hazel, which like is close, but still. Yeah, Gabe's got some nice uh, Aryan baby blues going on. No, I don't. No, they're like they're sort of brownish green. I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, Wait, they're hazel. Like, there's on, kind of like see. an olive green on the outside with like brown on the inside. No, 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 turn your camera back on. I want to see. You can't see it from this distance. Come on, get really close to the camera. I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to Stringfellow. Yeah, all right, let's go. Um, so Douglas Stringfellow was born in Draper, Utah, on September 24th, 1922. And if you thought he was a Mormon, you'd be right. But that shouldn't be a shock considering he was from Utah in the early 20th century. Isn't Utah only like 40% Mormon? Isn't it not majority Mormon? I think it's like 60%. I think that's now though, but it was originally founded as a Mormon colony. Or a Mormon, I guess, uh, settlement. Demographics of Utah. Let's see what we got here. So it's 93% percent white oh 70 percent non-hispanic white okay uh really i would have guessed higher 60 percent of utahns are members of the church of jesus christ of the latter-day saints yeah including mitt Romney. that's right that's why he that's why we His didn't first name is willard i don't think that's it what was i gonna say um so Stringfellow studied at Ohio State University and then the University of Cincinnati. And from what I could tell, his life in college was not that eventful, unlike, say, Jim Traficant. Well, considering he was a, a lifelong uh, devout, uh, lifelong Mormon, I doubt that he was engaging in uh, activities such as drinking and uh, premarital That's sex. That's actually so tragic. I don't really care. Do what you want, as long as you're not hurting anyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's mostly tragic like as that long, he was a as lifelong long as Mormon, not... and we're talking about him on this podcast. How is that Because tragic? it means we're not going to talk about, like, a weird sex scandal or something. No, but we're going to talk oh, about okay. another scandal. Right. Well, is he, like, embezzling money? Yeah, no. Did he kill someone? I mean, I'm not. we're not going to cover someone on this podcast if they're yeah, bored. Yeah, that's a fair point. So... I'll be honest for a bit. Um, I had to do a last minute switch in topics. So this wasn't researched as thoroughly as my episode on Bob Denard, but I like to think that I got my hands on the most All interesting right. stuff, but I don't want to bore y'all. So I'm all just going right, to get right to it. Baby. Like all members of the great, like all members of the greatest generation, Stringfellow was a world war two. Right. And in 1942, he enlisted in the U S army air forces Keep in mind, this was before the Air Force was a thing. So it is back when the Air Force was just a subdivision of the greater U.S. Army. All right. Kind of, yeah. It wasn't even called the, uh, wasn't even called the Air correct. Force. So assigned to the OSS, oh, Stringfellow uh, <laughs> was part of a team that parachuted into Germany and kidnapped atomic scientist Holy Otto shit. Hahn. And... He was part of a team of over two dozen guys, if I remember correctly, and the and that, the only survivor. Man, he was the only survivor. How did that happen? And and he was kidnapped and tortured at Bergen Belsen concentration camp, which you may have heard of because of Anne Jesus Frank. Jesus Christ! I did not expect concentration camps to come up was, in this episode. 
Fucking nine what? in the morning. Let's talk about concentration camps. Okay. <laughs> Even earlier for me, it's 820 here. Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. So he eventually escaped to France and then stepped on a landmine in 1944 and walked with a cane <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> and Mr. Magoo ass life. I don't get that reference. Just like constantly stumbling into shit. That's I'm thinking more Forrest Gump vibes. Although he yeah. wasn't just stumbling into shit. He was part of like the army team, I feel. Yeah, I guess he was part of an elite unit. Forrest Gump, it's more of like he got sent to the Watergate Hotel as a treat and then ended up seeing the burglars. And was like, I think they're looking for a fuse box or something. <laughs> and calling hotel security. I've actually never seen that movie. That's oh. a fun rose fact. That's one of my more toxically feminine traits is that I refuse to watch that movie. I don't think that's a feminine trait. No, I, in order to pass better as a girl, I intentionally don't watch all the big film bro movies. I I mean, you've seen Pulp Fiction. I have seen Pulp Fiction. I hate that I enjoyed it, but I did. Although, to be fair, I guess that was before you came out as trans. Yeah, exactly. And I think before you also fully realized you were trans. So. Yeah, I don't think I knew back then. Yeah. So... Over the following years, Stringfellow would achieve some level of fame. He wasn't a household name like, say, Dean Dean Martin or Audrey Hepburn, but still, he got speaking engagements. In the early 1950s, Hollywood moguls even tried to get the movie rights to a story which, to be fair, was pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, he kidnapped a German rocket scientist. He was the only survivor of his division or platoon or whatever. I don't know military terms. Uh, Yeah. He uh, I don't think he it was stepped even a on a landmine, tortured small. at Bergen-Belsen. That's quite a life. Yeah, it was a, really a storybook adventure. I mean, maybe storybook isn't the right word because it wasn't exactly happy, but it was definitely a uh, worthy of... Did he of, escape uh, from Bergen-Belsen or was he, was he freed when it was liberated? Uh, well, he got crippled by the landmine in 44, so I'm going to assume he escaped. Wow, holy shit. So he escaped the Nazi- a concentration camp? Holy shit. I don't think the Nazis would have just let him walk out. Yeah, probably not. So yeah, but maybe I, like was Bergen-Belsen in the east or no? Uh, I think it was somewhat east, but I think it was still in Germany. Let me look it up. Okay, yeah, I was just wondering, like you know, did the Soviets liberate it or did the British? It was in uh, it was more towards the west actually. Okay, it was so, in the middle of Germany, but it would have been part of it. W- but the area became part of West Germany. Okay, so then, yeah, it was probably liberated by the British and Americans. Yeah. Soviets, I don't think, got that far. No. Um, so, in 1952, he ran for Congress as the GOP candidate for Utah's 1st District. And riding the coattails of an even more of an even bigger World War II hero, Dwight Eisenhower, um, who scored a resounding victory over Adlai Stevenson in that year's presidential election, Stringfellow won his king. Stringfellow won his congressional race with over 60% of the vote, defeating Democratic candidate Ernest R. McKay. Uh, on this and, podcast, we stand Adlai Stevenson. We don't. Do we not? Was he bad? I don't think he was bad. I just don't think the subject of our podcast is standing him. That's <laughs> No, but that could be like, you know, a side thing we do. Like we can give the Adlai Stevenson update every couple of weeks. Sure, but they're not going to be updates because he's dead. <laughs> Adlai Stevenson updates. Uh, it's not, not like much change here, boss. He's uh, he's still not moving. <laughs> I do like the idea of of just of someone telling you some of someone saying of like you just reading something about somebody going, "Damn!" So he's like dead and shit. 
And then you check back a really, few weeks uh, later to see if they're still dead. Really, uh, really staying on the ground on this one, huh? Yeah. See, this is why necromancy needs to be real, so we can 60? revive Adlai Stevenson and run him for president. Dead for like sixty years. Really, uh, the worms really must be eaten away, huh? <laughs> really, Christ, uh, man. really just going into the dirt on this one, huh? Fuck, dude. There's like uh, oh, that's so depressing. probably fucking ice cold, right? Yep, that's uh, crazy cold. to think that he wasn't that way once. <laughs> Yo, what's colder than cold? Ice cold. Wait, wait, hang on. Yo, what's colder than cold? And last Stevenson's body. I was gonna say my body because I don't get human because I don't get physical affection. Fuck, that's sad. Do you want a hug, Gabe? I just want to do like a self-deprecating joke. Okay. Yeah, it's so, okay. We're gonna get you a girlfriend from the podcast. Don't worry about it. Uh, no, no, we're not. <laughs> I'm gonna go on my first. Oh, hey, if like... you want to be Gabe's sugar mommy, uh, email me. Yeah. Running on a post pod at gmail dot com for any applications <laughs> uh, to turn Gabe into your sugar baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm too annoying to be a sugar baby. Yeah, I don't know. I've never bid one, so I don't know what like the qualities of it are. Yeah. So when Stringfellow won his election in 1952, he became the first Republican to hold this seat since Don B. Colton won re-election in 1930. Okay, so a 20-year safe Democrat seat. Yeah. Granted, Utah had become a red state with Eisenhower winning it by over 15%, but still, a win is a win. And overall, this, combined with his activity during the war, only made Stringfellow more impressive. That's right. But there's one small issue that ha- that kind of occurs along the way. Are you going to tell me he faked his identity? Uh, not his identity, but he made it all up. Yes! 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 <laughs> you have yeah, no idea how happy that makes me, Gabe. He was the George Santos before George Santos. Holy shit, that's so awesome. Yeah. So Did you hear that the- George Santos announced he's running for re-election? <laughs> Yeah, I saw. God. I actually saw it on Twitter when this Democratic representative retweeted it and was like, "I'm endorsing George Santos because I can't think of any charlatan more representative of the modern GOP than George <laughs> Santos." Beast mode. Let's go. I found a guy on Twitter. He, he's just his his ad is just like Lakota man or something. Uh, but he he's he's been going fucking beast mode recently. Is he the guy who wears like sunglasses and is like yeah, kind of like profile. leaning away from the camera? And yeah, he selfie? has one of those like guy. He has one of those like sunglasses profile pictures. So I thought he was going to be like an epic conservative, but he's actually like the based liberal. I think I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he rocks. Yeah, so he just like calls he he's just full in on the like pedocon thing. It rules. Like all conservatives are pedophiles. Yeah, just like the GOP are a pedophiles. party that enables pedophilia. Yeah, which like yeah, they I do. Just, That's accurate. Yeah, what was I going to say? Uh, One of them defended child marriage like a week ago. Wait, who? Uh, some like state representative in Missouri. Oh, uh, Okay. Did you hear that? Uh, I actually live in Missouri for the time being. That's Did true. Did you hear that they voted to defund libraries in Missouri? Yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're defunding libraries. Uh, <laughs> they, they heard defund the police, and they were like, all right, we got you, fam. Don't worry about it. Libraries, when, academic police. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, librarians are just book cops. So in a way, this is progressive. Yeah. 
We're not going to defund the actual police, but we're going to defund the other police. We're actually going to give them the money we used to give to the library. uh, So that way they can have an Abrams tank. Well, we have to keep the status quo so you defund one uh, type of cop and you increase funding for another type. Yeah, exactly. It's perfectly balanced. Uh, It's now illegal to read in the state of Missouri, but uh, the police have an Abrams tank, so it evens out. Just being, like, put in front of, like, a kangaroo court. I didn't know Good Night Moon was subversive. <laughs> now, it says here, Mr. Uh, Stringfellow, was it, that uh, you uh, you appear to be distributing subversive literature. I see that you have uh, been distributing illegal copies of uh, ja- the transgender version of James and the Giant Peach. I don't know how that would be... <laughs> Like what that what the trans version of James and the Giant Peach would look like, but I'm sure Republicans will be talking about it. It's about how um it's about how feminizing HRT makes your ass look nicer. (laughs) (laughs) So James and the Badonkadonk. (laughs) (laughs) So doubts have been going around regarding Stringfellow's war heroics since his run for Congress in '52. But they didn't gain traction right away. Um, but I'm going to get back to... I'm going to talk more about that in a bit. So, at one point, Stringfellow even threatened a libel suit against the Army Times and asked Dwight Eisenhower to release CIA files, proving that he was being honest. Holy Considering shit. that he was, in fact, lying, I'm pretty sure that this was some sort of gamble along the lines of, you have the chance to, to challenge the record of war here, so take it. Prove it to everyone that I'm lying. Okay, but he was lying. So what yeah. would that accomplish? I think it was. I think it was more of like a power move. Like, oh, they're going to be too embarrassed to challenge a war here. All right. <laughs> so fake it until you make it. I guess. Um, I have a feeling that didn't work for him. Just a thought. Uh, well, in October, a meeting with Utah's geo in a meeting with Utah's uh, two Republican senators, Arthur Watkins and Wallace F. Bennett. Uh, <sighs> It didn't go so well. After pressuring him... <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. After being pressured, uh, Stringfellow caved, and shortly thereafter, he used a television appearance to confess, saying, I rather fr- thrived on the adulation and newfound popularity. I began to embellish my speeches with more picturesque and fanciful incidents. I fell into a trap, which in part had been laid, laid by my own glib tongue. I was never an OSS agent. I never participated in any secret behind-the-lines missions. I never captured Otto Hahn or any other German physicist. I wish before my heavenly father that I might undo this wrong. And before talking about what happened next, I want to revisit some stuff about the war. So Stringfellow had lied about most of his war record, but it wasn't all embellished. Even though he had never seen combat, the congressman had actually been wounded by a landmine in 1944 and spent time recovering in a hospital in France. But other stuff, like the story that he was forced to walk uh, past dudes being burned alive while in captivity, that was made up. Sorry, what did you say? But the other stories, like when he said that he was forced to walk uh, past guys who were being burned alive, uh, that was all made up. So he made up going to a concentration camp. Yes. Damn, he's just like Polish Wikipedia. Wait, is oh yeah, Polish Wikipedia is really Polish bad about Wikipedia like Wikipedia invented a concentration camp. 
Not even Wait, English what? language. Yeah, they they invented a, a concentration camp on English language Wikipedia to make it seem like Poles suffered just as much as Polish Jews during the war. I, oh, did, did I not tell Holy you about this? Shit. This was an insane story I found out about. Holy like, Polish shit. nationalists have just been vandalizing like the Holocaust sections of pages on Wikipedia to make it seem like Poles didn't collaborate with the Nazis. Actually, Jews collaborated with the Nazis. Uh, and that actually the Poles were mostly innocent victims of the war and not eager collaborators with the Nazis. I'm not going to call them all eager collaborators because that's not fair, but plenty of them A lot of them were. Yeah, no. My point, yeah, no, my point is you can't put like a... Like for most groups, aside from say Jews, Romani people, political dissidents, and literal Nazis, you can't singularly categorize an entire section entire type of people into collaborators or resistors yeah because Wait, hang on is there a video have a of mix. douglas stringfellow's confession maybe i didn't find it though oh that's so tragic because um, you said he went on tv right yeah so that means i doubt anyone recorded it but oh man i wish it was live so maybe yeah yeah but no one really so, thought to record tv back then I guess, yeah. Like, so, you, you uh, don't see, like, recordings of TV, really, unless, like, a presidential debate or something, until, like, fair, 70s, 80s. Most people didn't have TV in the 50s. Yeah, that's a fair, that too, yeah. So, there are still recordings, that they're just less common because fewer programs and people didn't watch TV as much. Yeah, that's true, there was less TV. It was probably broadcast on the radio, too. Yeah. Here, let me see. Douglas Stringfellow Confession Broadcast. Subway Surfer Confessions. That's not what I was looking for. Uh, pollution. State Prevails. No. The Whistler. No. Election Blind Dates. No. None of this is what I want. Speaking of Douglas Stringfellow, he's actually a character on Subway Surfers. Fun fact. <laughs> he's my favorite he gets a perk skin the on police... Subway Surfers. <laughs> yeah, he actually gets a special perk. When the cop catches you, he says, uh, no, you didn't, and runs away. Yeah, his his special perk is that uh, he actually pretends to be the cop. <laughs> <laughs> so, according to so this is what I want to talk about because this is where I get into some weird psychology, and I think Freud would have had an absolute field day. Okay, hit me. And I want to Wait, talk. Was to my he secretly gay like George Santos? No. God damn it! But I do want to talk to my therapist about this guy just because I think a psychiatrist would have a lot to say about this man. Yeah, but okay, here, George Santos, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, I will give you, uh, I don't know, I don't have that much money, maybe $300 uh, if you come 12. on our podcast. Not $1,200. I, thought I said just 300 say I thought you were going to say 12 Not like $1,200, just 12 <laughs> George Santos, if you agree to sit down for an interview and answer any question I have, I will give you like $300. <laughs> I'm dead I'll serious. I'll give you 12 Not 1200 just 12 <laughs> yeah, that's three hundred twelve dollars, George Santos. Come on. Yeah, I'm not. I only have a few hundred dollars in my account, and in terms of cash, I only have nine singles. <laughs> yeah. So, according to Stringfellow, as he recovered from the landmine explosion, he began to listen to radio reports of the war. Then somehow convinced himself that he was witness to them. Yeah. So. He described inserting himself in these stories as a coping mechanism for being in the hospital, or I think someone else may have described them that way, but either way. 
they were a coping mechanism born out of a sadness come from having no hope for the future. In other words, this provided an escape. So he just like me for real is what you're saying. Uh, Sure, I don't know what that means. You're saying he was basically the 50s version of Ryan Gosling and Drive. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but sure. Have you not seen that movie? No, is it good? Next time we hang out, we got to watch Drive. I love that movie. Is it good? Yeah, that's one of my most toxically male traits is that I love Drive. (laughs) And Nicholas Reffin movies in general. So Stringfellow wrote in his uh, unpublished autobiography, It seemed that these facts had always been there, just below the surface of my consciousness. I, as much as anyone else, had been duped by my own story. That's According so to... funny. When you get caught lying, your response is, actually, I'm too stupid to have realized I was lying. Hold, hold on. That was not his immediate uh, confession. He act, uh, But I'll get to that in a bit. So, according to Stringfellow, his record was first challenged in 1952 by a local Republican activist. And in his unpublished autobiography, he wrote this. This was the first time, to my knowledge, that my war record had been disputed. It stirred in me a sickening feeling that I had never felt before. It seemed that some that, that there was something I should remember, a tenuous something that irritatedly, that irritatingly eluded me. I was genuinely frightened. He even described how one night he woke up and shouted, There are no records! <laughs> I, uh, that's very, like, grandpa energy. <laughs> like my my grandparents do that sometimes where they just wake up in the middle of the night shouting stuff do they really yeah what do they shout just like random words i feel like everyone yeah, presumably just, like, whatever they were dreaming about i feel like everyone just sleep talks though yeah but they like sleep yell it's awesome oh. it's huh. so cool so either way whether he believed the stories is an interesting question kimberly wade of the university of warwick opined that this was possible But Roger K. Pittman, psychiatry professor at Harvard University, said this. This kind of thing is rare. In treating hundreds of combat-related PTSD cases, I've seen this once before. Where a guy gave himself worse PTSD through sheer force of will? I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh... I really don't know what to make of that, listener. That's... That's a really weird thing to do. Yeah. This is uh, like this is kind of like the uh, this is kind of like uh, the reverse uh, Alex Mason on Call of Duty Black Ops, where he had uh, like imagined that his Russian friend from a gulag wasn't dead, and all the people that that guy killed was act- it was actually just him. Is that a thing that happens in Call of Duty? Yes. What the fuck are those games about? <laughs> Jesus, a lot Christ. of things. That one's probably the best one though. What the fuck? Just from a storyline perspective, like went through shooting people. (laughs) You do, but that game also has. By the way, that game also has a thing. The first mission, you actually shoot a body double of Castro. Holy shit, that's amazing! And then meet the real Castro. Yes. Wait, is that the one where you where (laughs) you fight the MPLA with Jonas (laughs) Savimbi? No, that that's the same. You play as the same guy in that in the MPLA mission, but no. Oh, okay, so that's like Black that's Ops in Black too. Ops Two. Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, in any case, during his live confession, Stringfellow said that he knowingly deceived votes because he and in his uh, unpublished autobiography said that this was because he preferred to be seen as a liar than a crazy person. 
Well, only weeks before the election, he was replaced as the GOP candidate, and the G- and the Republicans held on to the seat in '54 despite a net loss of seats in the House and Senate, and with impressive. it, their majorities in both chambers. That's going beast mode, honestly. Not losing After the seat. After leaving Congress, the one-term representatives. What? Not losing the seat after essentially lying after your candidate lied about being a war hero is a pretty impressive hold. Yeah, but they replaced him. So uh, I guess props to the 1950s GOP. Sure. So after leaving Congress, sentences that will one day be used against me. So after leaving Congress, the one-term representative occupied himself with lecturing, painting, and radio broadcasting before a premature death from complications following a heart attack on October 20th, 1966. Who was paying him to lecture? Don't know. Who could have been paying him to lecture? Give me your best guess. Who would have wanted a guy famous for being a liar? To uh, to lecture you. I don't know. Yeah. Like, so, I can't even, in any I, event, he, he died at the age of 44. He died at the age of 44. That's, uh, that's a tragically young age to die for a It man. is. That is actually, like, shockingly young. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Like, he could have... Yeah. If only he'd lived a little longer, then he could have come on our podcast. I don't think that would have been the case. He would be 100 right now. So Yeah, that's a fair point. And if he was alive, I'm sure he'd be tired and not interested in podcasts. Doing a podcast with two idiots? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, doing a podcast with one idiot and his handsome uh, long-haired friend. <laughs> or her handsome long-haired friend. It's fucked up that you have longer hair than me. Why? Because I've been trying to grow it out for trans reasons. But I think I've also just been growing it out longer. That's true. Yeah, I also got a cut pretty recently. So yeah, I've not gotten mine cut since I think December or January. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think that's it for uh, Douglas Stringfellow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, also, uh, keep in mind, listener, uh, if you would like to turn Gabe into a femboy, email the pod at runningonaposedpod at gmail dot com. Please email the podcast about anything that isn't that. <laughs> <laughs> now, listener, uh, email the podcast with uh, like a code word, like a coded message, and I'll give you my personal email in response, and then we'll set it up, okay? Please don't. <laughs> uh, this is why we can't record in the morning, because I'm just fucking insane. Yeah. Anyway, this has been Running Unopposed. I'm Gabe. It's so cool that he faked being that he faked his parents being Holocaust survivors. I think it was his grandparents. His grandparents. Yeah, that's, uh... Wait, did he fake being Jewish? I don't remember. Yes. Okay. And then I, claimed, I, remember I said he I was the Jewish, not Jewish. Huh? And then he was like, no, I claim to be Jewish, not Jewish. <laughs> that's like what, like, black Hebrew Israelites say about Jews. They're like, no, no, no you're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I am a real Jew. Like, that's, that. oh my I God. I don't have anything else I to need say. the George Santos black Hebrew Israelite arc. I'm sure it's going to happen. What's the black Hebrew Israelite opinion on Hispanic people? I actually don't know. I don't either. Listener, if you're a black Hebrew Israelite, email the podcast, runningonapostpod at gmail.com. We'd love to Again, have you on. Again, please don't. No, we'd, unironically, I'd love to have you on to, like, I don't know, debate the Bible or something. That could be fun. 
Please don't. I'll get you, and then I'll get, like, the most, like, straight-laced conservative Christian I can find, and you guys can duke it out. It'll be good radio. <laughs> All right. This has been it. I'm Gabe. And I'm Rose. All right. You know our contact info. We'll put it in bio. Uh, hope you enjoy this short and sweet episode. That's right. See you next time, listener. See ya. See you next time, listener. Peace out. Mission failed. We'll get them next time. Sure. You, you got to say something because I'm just going to keep doing this shit. Okay. Uh, goodbye, everyone. We're no longer recording. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>